welcome to the second episode of Radiant Roster. I'm joined here today by my co-hosts and my friends, Radiant Matt and Addy. How are you guys doing today? Oh, pretty good. Glad to be here. We've got three really awesome series to talk about. Maybe four, actually, if I haven't counted correctly. But yeah, um, I'm pumped to talk about the, some awesome series from 2021. Hell yeah, I'm doing great. Been a great week for reading for me. I'm excited to talk about it, too. Yeah, so... First things first, before we dive into all the amazing titles we have to talk about here, because we've got a little something from Image, we've got a little something from Marvel, and then some, uh, and then something from DC. So from Image, we're gonna discuss Firepower issues 14 and 15, because obviously here at the Radiant Black podcast, we're also big fans of Firepower. It's a fantastic series, and uh, there's gonna be spoilers. Uh, we're going to talk about Stray Dogs, Nightwing, and Beta Ray Bill. So there are going to be spoilers for all those titles. If you haven't read the uh, t- the titles, then please either skip the episode or we're going to have time markers up for each title. So just skip to the ones that you have read. And uh, before we dive into uh, these titles, we also have some Radiant Black news. We're going to uh, mention the amazing Radiant Black number seven second print variant by Mateus Santoluco. Uh, it came out earlier this uh, week or last week, and have you guys seen it? It's amazing. Yeah. It's one where they're all back to back and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really dig it. It does give me like Avengers movie vibes. It's, it's really sweet. Yeah. So I'm definitely getting a couple of copies of those, and I was really pleased to see uh, a second print. You know, we we talked about earlier the chances of there being a second print, but I wasn't sure. But it's always nice to get those awesome covers. We know this. We, we talked about it last time too. Like all, almost all the radiant black covers so far, they're all great. This one yeah. keeps it going. Yeah, we didn't even like. I don't even. I've never heard of Mateus Santoluco uh, before this, so I've, I'm always like pleased to get exposed to more uh, new artists I haven't heard of. Yeah, no, it's really clean. It fits right in with the series. It really fits in with like the cost of style and stuff like that. Like it, if you told me that Marcelo did this, I believe it. Like it's, it's really just it fits in perfectly and you know i'm i'm just waiting for the day that there is a bad cover like it really at this point there's <laughs> i mean they've had what how many covers now we're looking at like at least 25 different variants probably 30 if 35 and yeah i mean if we're gonna show off every single issue has sold out so every single issue of radiant black has sold out the distributor level that means every single issue of radiant black has had at least a second print or more so we've had a lot of variants and and that's the thing, like, it's hard to keep it, keep up with, you know, all these d- different printings, but they managed to do it. And, and you're right, it does honor the Costa style. I even, like, I, I thought the co- the color palette for the cover was amazing. It's a very, like, interesting choice, and yeah, I can't wait. This It also shows us some radiant booty, if you know what I mean, like, on the cover. <laughs> so, oh, what yeah. do you mean, Bash? I, I noticed, I noticed those boots. You know, <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Radiant Black number seven, second print. Check it out. I think it's already, FOC has already passed, but uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, this one will be available. So One thing I do want to mention is, like, I got my hands on the trade paperback, and it's one of the best quality paperbacks I've ever bought. Like, it's they did not skimp on this. It's a really nice quality paperback for, like, a super good price, and they've got, like, all the, like, a bunch of covers up to that point in there. And, the you know, we talked about it a bit before, but, yeah, I just want to say, like, as someone who has it now owns the physical copy it is nice as hell i mean that brings us up to another thing is that we have a copy of the radium black uh 
trade paperback available for a giveaway. All you have to do is follow the Radiant Black podcast on Twitter or Instagram or both, and that gets you double entries. And once we hit 250 followers on Twitter, we're going to be giving away the copy. Uh, unfortunately, this giveaway is only limited to folks in the USA or Canada because shipping is expensive and you know we're paying for this. But uh, yeah, for everyone who's interested, you could just get a copy for free potentially. So yeah. Yep. 57 more followers on the Twitter account and the uh, and the giveaway will uh, will be over and then uh, we'll find a winner. You just have to DM us, of course, when after you follow us. Yeah, and we're also, you know, we're doing a few other giveaways. And when we hit a thousand followers for the Black Market Narrative account, we're going to be giving away the Radiant Black Number Five Second Print uh, in the Conquest Homage by Marcelo Costa. So we're going to give away that issue. So if you want to have a shot at, you know, getting that, just follow Black Market Narrative and then you know, follow the podcast, and boom, you're in. Yeah. Anyways, so firepower yeah. time. Oh, yeah. So one thing I noticed earlier today and I hadn't noticed because, you know, like I said before, I've, I've read all these titles very, sh- very shortly, but I've noticed there were some similarities across the lettering. So I looked up the letter Ross, uh, Russ Wooten for uh, Firepower and I noticed that he's been pretty much lettering all the comics that we, you know, we've been talking about uh, on uh, the, all the other image titles we've been talking about here or there, like Fire, uh, like Firepower. And like the Kirkman Crawford titles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Invincible, Walking Dead, um, Oblivion, Song. Uh, Oblivion Song. Yeah, so like all these titles we've been reading. And I'm just like, you know what? That makes so much sense because his lettering is fantastic. But uh, yeah, Firepower number 14, another fantastic cover. But I think this one's personally one of my favorite, if not my favorite, of the entire series. I just love the pose on the cover. I love the foreshadowing uh like literally and figuratively speaking with the serpent <laughs> omen and yeah it's just it's just this is such a good title if you haven't checked it out yet you know it, you know probably stop listening because we're going to talk spoilers but check it out it's amazing and don't skip the prelude yeah the, you've heard of snakes on a plane but now this arc deals with snakes <laughs> on the brain and it's freaking <laughs> it's cool like you know anytime you bring in snakes i mean we're going full spoilers here but like this uh, this 15th issue we got to see um waylon go and uh Fight the juggler. Yeah, that's he's the sensei, right? Wait, yeah, we're yeah. at 114 though. I'm, I know, I know, I know, oh, okay. but like we're kind of talking yeah. about it like a bundle. Yeah, yeah. I just want to get the juggler jug in there because like Kirkman loves it. Going for the jugular, that's like the Kirkman go-to, and uh, you, you'll see it in all of his stuff when you notice it. Even if snakes don't have jugulars, the, the same deal, same idea. Yeah. So issue 14 has been, you know, it's been since the big events of issue 11 and 12 where obviously 12 was the milestone issue and they celebrated with 12 different variants and then we saw some of the fallout in issue 13 issue 14 and 15 have been dealing with more like the you know the mellow aftermath of all that and we're back with you know we're at the uh the household with doug and ellie and they're just talking life yeah, uh, she's discovered their firepower there. Haley, she's got that ability. Was that the issue before that she first threw the fireball? Yep. Right? So, yeah. Yeah, so we had a big moment there, obviously. Yeah, it's cool to see the kids developing their power. And, uh, you know, this episode, uh, this issue really had, like, a really interesting ending. We're going back to threads that, I, that I've that i been waiting for since uh, the prelude. So it's been, uh, it's been a really interesting little run here. 
Yeah, and you know we see that Haley's obviously hyped, <laughs> for lack of a better word. I mean, she's been trying to uh, channel another firepower ball for a while. We could tell that, you know, from from the from the panels, we're seeing that it's evident that she's been trying to do this ever since she's had the first uh, successful attempt, and you know, for some reason, she hasn't been able to because she's clearly frustrated. It's a lot. Like, Owen trained forever for this. Sorry to interrupt, Ali. But yeah, it's Owen trained forever just to be able to do that. And as a kid, if you can launch a fireball, that's all you'd be trying to do for the next little while. Yeah, I don't yeah, think you realize. That's, uh, that's, that's what I was going to kind of touch on. They, like, not just Owen, but everybody else at the temple have been training for this for their entire lives. And then this little girl just comes in, like, with, what, um, two or few weeks of training, and then she has the firepower already. True. Yeah, I some mean, would say she's a prodigy. She definitely is, yeah. It was lost to them, right? Like, no one knew they could. But if you knew your dad could launch fireballs, like, well, maybe there's something in, you know, our genetics that make it easier. So she might have that extra, like, belief in herself. And then a lot of it's uh, triggered by emotion and that, you know, being a teenager, that's a, that's a, you know, very emotional time. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So there's that element. And I I like what they did with Owen in the next issue with how he deals with his daughter being able to do this and what it could mean for her future. Yeah. So, like, it's interesting to see that, Unlike a normal child, we're already getting superhero vibes and sense of great power comes, you know, great power comes great responsibility on Haley's part because she's already taken it upon herself to, you know, to become some sort of like protector for the family, right? She's she's gone from being somewhat immature and she is she's still immature, she's still a kid, but we can see that she still she has this great sense of like weight on her shoulders, right? Hmm. Exactly. It's a lot. You want to protect your family, but also these people, you know, it seems like every week there's ninjas coming to the house to come and kill you. So, you know, it's a lot. These people are trained to kill you their whole lives. She hasn't been trained in that lifestyle. Owen, you know, trained most of his youth to uh, be able to not just use the firepower ability, but in combat. So there's a lot of elements there. It's not just shooting fireballs. It it takes more than heart, unfortunately, to uh, really defend your family and the people you love. Yeah, so... You know, obviously, Owen being Owen, he has the perfect response, very like, you know, uh, Jedi Master to Padawan style, <laughs> giving her always the right words. Haley walks away, you know, content, having learned something. But obviously, we get another panel, and this happens so much, whether it's like someone peeking through the curtains in the series or someone just stalking someone else through, like, you know, the trees. But we always, someone's always spying on someone here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep, of course, someone's spying on someone here. And I'm, we're, I'm assuming it's a member of the Serpent's Omen, right? For, Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. And then we go to my favorite, you know, I think Weldon's probably my favorite character aside from, you know, Doug and Haley, because I love those two. And peanut, peanut butter, butter, of course. Yeah, yeah peanut butter, yeah. of course. So uh, we get to Weldon, and this is probably my favorite uh, panel. I posted this on Twitter, you know, shamelessly, because it was such a memorable moment. Like, I remember, uh, there, I can't remember who it was, but there's someone on Twitter who does, like, memorable moments of the week from the comics, like, most memorable moments of the mm-hmm. week, and... They vote for like what's the most memorable moment from a like a panel from a specific comic, whatever, or from all the comics that came out this week. And I voted for this one because we see here that he's wearing his Beats headphones, just chilling this yes. music. He catches the ball that's coming straight for his face, even though he's listening to the headphones, you know, the music. They're like right in, catches the ball, and what does he say? He says, This is my ball now. If you want it back, you must earn it all of you against me and he just straight up takes on the entire school like everyone on the court 
I forgot we got to see him ball this issue. This, yeah, that's so sweet getting to see him do that. Like, Waylon, like, I don't know. He's definitely top tier. He's my favorite. Like, he, he's the shit. And that panel is awesome with the beats. Yeah, I mean, Kirkman has a way of making those characters that you just, like, you know, likable characters. We talked about it in Invincible with Alan and there's so many other characters. And here it is with Wei Lun, man. Like, look at it. He just dunks on every student. Like, it he ain't even the same. Kids. Yeah. You see, uh, you see Nike fighting for, like, the LeBron and, like, the Michael Jordan uh, <laughs> sponsorship. But really, when this becomes a TV show, there's going to be Adidas. Like, everyone's going to be going after it just to sponsor Wei Lun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I can't wait for this to be a TV show because this is going to be amazing. But, uh, yeah, so we see, you know, Waylon just dunk on everyone like it isn't even a thing. And then he just leaves the ball on the court. Obviously, you know, there's something going on. They hear some banging, literally. And, uh, you know, what do we see? We see Chu Feng trying to break out of his cage because it's it's weird because obviously – as the reader here, you're kind of shocked because you think they made peace last issue because, you know, obviously he, he felt some sort of guilt for everything he was doing once he realized, you know, he, he messed up. But uh, we see a little serpent there on the back of their neck or this guy is so huge. So I can't tell if it's like his just like his traps or his neck or both. But, uh, yeah, it seems it like, like he's under uh, the influence. foreshadowed a couple of issues ago, maybe in 13 towards the end. We saw like the serpent coming into his cage. Yeah. I like the idea of the snake mind control, too. Like, it's like, that's how they can control people. It's cool. It's clever. No one suspects it. Like, snake bites are terrible for the venom, but this is a different kind of venom that can totally change your mind. And it looks like the the, the snake has to, like, be attached to them to continuously mind control them. Okay, that's that's a good point. It's interesting. And we always get, like, these random panels... I don't know if it happens in this issue yet, but panels back to that statue. So that's going to be an interesting and memorable like, revisiting point, I feel like, for the series moving down the road. Uh, but yeah, we see this discussion, you know, between or at this attempt at a discussion between Wei Lan and Chu Feng. You know? But what's I think one thing that's so amazing in this series, obviously, we've talked about Chris Somney's artwork, which is God tier next level. Mm-hmm. Like you said, yeah, that lettering by Russ Wooten, you know, is, is amazing. There's a reason, I'm sure there's a reason Kirkman brings him back for all, you know, all these big titles, and it's because he's damn good at his job, and he is. So I just picture like Rambo out on a ranch, and Kirkman comes up in a helicopter <laughs> and says, "Like, I need you for another mission." <laughs> Dylan, you know that scene in uh, Predator where they just like arm wrestling at the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah, pretty much. So. Yeah, Russ Wooten, fantastic work here. Obviously, we're not going to forget Matt Wilson's colors. And this brings me to my next point. Fantastic coloring from Matt Wilson, who, by the way, has been doing the colors for Ordinary Gods. Amazing, amazing. Welcome addition. And uh, one thing I love about this series is that you can tell, like, what's going on easily because everything is obviously the artwork is so detailed. But the coloring of the eyes obviously clarifies that they're mind controlled, right? Like the green eyes. Mm, Yeah. Or they've been drinking a lot of Mountain Dew or something. No, I don't know. It's, it's definitely mind control. It's definitely mind control. So, yeah, there's that for sure. Yeah. Can we talk about the end of the issue? Like the, you know, the, the appearance of our favorite, 
well, my favorite, uh, one of my favorites. I'm gonna, because I haven't heard the no. But yeah, at the end, we see uh, Ling Zan's finally here, along with all the drama that that comes with. So, you know, this has been a powder keg waiting to blow up once we knew that Ling Zan was alive. I didn't really think that she she died in in the uh, prelude or whatever. But, I mean, the this is a big bombshell for, you know, Owen and Kelly's marriage here. And it's tough, and it's explored further in the next issue. But I, I think it's a really interesting storyline. Yeah, I mean, talk about juxtaposition. Like we're we're watching. It's it's like a, I can't even tell if this is like a foreshadowing kind of thing or if this is just like a no. Like this is them putting their foot down, saying like this is what's happening. But it's weird that in this moment, the moment that we see Ling Zan is back, and this issue is the same moment that like she's spying on them, making love. You know. So like I said, like the curtains. It seems like curtains and like trees are an issue in this uh, series. <laughs> Yeah, if I was in a comic in the Kirkmanverse, I'm cutting down all the trees outside of my property. <laughs> that's the move, because that's where people are spying, you know, and that's where you hide the uh, Angstrom Levy Spears so, oh or Levi. So, you know, it's it's true, though. They do spy on that stuff, and it's such a complicated dynamic of, like, the person that you were in love with, and they didn't break up. They didn't have, and, you know, Kelly mentions this in the next issue. Like, it's not that they had the bad memories of a breakup. It's just, it was all good, and then it died at, like, the, it, the well, he thought that Ling Zan died, but, like, the relationship ended at the height of it, where there was no negative feelings, and you're just wondering about that for the next 20 years or whatever. So it would awaken a lot of feelings for Owen at a time when he doesn't need to be distracted because there's other threats. Yeah, obviously... that would be a pretty cool dynamic to explore down the line, too. Like, maybe after this arc is kind of over we see how kelly and links in and owen all i mean I'm, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all for a threesome obviously but uh <laughs> well obviously we see in this panel that the opposite is true right like that Ling Zan is thinking about that like why yes. like we're all questioning whether owen is thinking about that like Ling Zan is right like that's why she's buying them doing it yeah. like she's trying to see whether there's any like fire or passion in the marriage or whether it's like something that's you know like fading away and it's like clearly you know, it's something that's fiery. I, and think, I, I don't blame it because Ellie's fire. So <laughs> I think it ends in a TV show in TLC. That's what I think with the three of them all together. Now, um, I think that Ling Zan would actually be a really good uh, teacher for Haley because she taught uh, she taught Owen a lot of what she knows, and she would have she might have to uh, she might be good at uh, teaching Haley what it's like to fight and you know in the temple there. It's, it's a lot of men. It's mostly dominated by men, so she might have some uh, extra tips in that department as well. It's true. And uh, yeah, moving on, we see that uh, Owen's back in town and trying to settle back in and he's playing, you know, after the war and everything, he's playing golf with his dad. And uh, yeah, they seem to be having a good time. Um, he's just trying he, to do trick shots. Yeah, trying to do trick shots. And so we see that the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree that, you know, as as uh, as fiery and as uh, flary as Waylon is, Owen's a lot similar. Yeah, that's true. That's right. We got the juxtaposition of sports triumphs with your, you know, either martial arts ability or the ability to, you know, ignite the air. So that was really sweet. And uh, just in case you forgot that Owen's uh, adoptive father was white, they are playing golf. And we might have to edit that joke out there. But no, no, it's true. And it, it's 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 really nice just the, the juxtaposition and we're doing trick shots. Like this reminds you, like, Owen is such a talented guy. He could do anything, but he really just wants a normal quote-unquote normal life with the family where he's just you know dr- you know he's doing something that no one can see how remarkable he is with the, you know the paint dry finish being able to heat that up so it dries better like working at his job like owen is just you know a remarkable guy that has to hide it yeah and we see that you know the, the this, this there's a lot of wanting to live up to the hype as well from this from doug because he's trying to 
you know, get his first fireball going. He's practicing, even though it's late at night, he's out there. And, uh, you know, whereas, you know, everyone else is in bed, whereas, you know, she's, Kelly's, re- is it Kelly or Ellie? Kelly. Kelly? His okay. wife, Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. With an uh, IE. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelly's, that's what I thought it was like. Kelly's reading on the couch and uh, peanut butter's there, passed out. I love it. And she oh, hears yeah. a thump. And this is where I thought it was really cool because we thought it was just dreams on Haley's side. But no, this serpent's like trying to crawl into her bed, trying to like literally bite her, mind control, kill her. I don't know. All of the above. And uh, yeah, we get to see Kelly get go into uh, full uh, mom mode here and just fuck shit up. Yeah, if the snakes get to her, they will have the firepower. You know, they'll have some connection to the firepower. So that wouldn't be good. Or maybe they would just want to take her out there and hopefully get rid of that. But that would send Owen after your asses directly. So it's it's tough. And this is a case where you don't want to take Shy's advice and you wish the dreams would just be dreams. It's it's brutal. So, yeah. Yeah, Something, we see. something's brewing. Something's going to happen soon. And they they mentioned at the end of uh, 15, like they're they're building up to something really big. Yeah, exactly. So here we see that it's like we get more of an idea what like Serpent Soman can do because all the snakes start merging into like one being. It's pretty creepy, to be honest. And it says like, I'm Serpent Soman. You wield the firepower and uh, your fame will be extinguished. So I guess it's like Serpent Soman is committed now to uh, take out everyone who has the firepower, including the kids. But uh, Kelly just, you know, just shows what she's made of because she kicks some ass and Haley's there trying to, you know, throw another fireball, but it's not working. And then we get the big reveal at the issue where Lingzhan just swings in, sexy hair and all, you know, very Electra looking. I love her. I love her uh, robes. They're super cool, very cool colors, looking like all Ronin in here. And uh, yeah, just uh, also helps save the day. And it's a huge surprise for Kelly, obviously, because, you know. Yeah, you have Kelly, like, when were you going to tell me that your dead ex-girlfriend was actually alive? And you see Owen's face, and Owen knows, like, shit, I hope there's some room there with peanut butter, because I'm <laughs> sleeping in the doghouse tonight, because uh, it's not good. Like, and it, you know, it sucks. And it's, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Owen explains it well in the next issue, where he's like, you know, like, I just didn't know. It. Well, he didn't explain it well, actually. He says, I didn't know how to feel about it. That's not what you want to say in that situation, but I digress. The best part is that there was, like, almost, you know, like, Kelly didn't know how to react. So she was just there blank expression until you see owen come home and say lings on and that's where <laughs> kelly freaks out she's like lings on like what i'm okay with snakes but not your like undead ex-girlfriend that's not good that also just saved my life and my children's life yeah that's the problem yeah. though it's like lings in is just so nice she's such a she's such a great person too that's like you can't even be pissed but you like just position wise and like sometimes people just hate people based on things like beyond their control and just situational kind of situations yeah, and we see at the end of the issue that, you know, we got we see back at the clan's camp, back at their headquarters, that uh, this is where Ling Zan's dad is, obviously, that uh, shit's going down because someone's running up the stairs, you know, something apparently has gone wrong. He's, he, he's running up to tell Master Zul that his daughter is missing. So obviously realize here that Ling Zan has left without, uh, you know, really telling anyone or without you know I, I don't know if, if you know she's basically she's she's gone rogue and uh once he goes into the cabin to inform master zoo we see that the serpent omen has got master zoo so that's a big that's a big uh that's a big moment that's interesting it's like they they're taking over all their allies basically while they're split up 
Yeah, all the characters that have been built up throughout the series that are just, like, strong, powerful, smart have been taken over, so it's a new threat, and they'd be, like, a united force, like, having, you know, I'm sure, I I don't know if it's, like, a consciousness, kind of like with Martian Manhunter being able to connect the Justice League, but you would think it would be, like, a hive mind, and if they all are able to work together without communication, just, like, one mind, that's that's a lethal threat. Yeah, so that's the end of issue 14. Moving on to issue 15, we get another fantastic Chris Somney cover, and this one kind of gave me some Walking Dead vibes as well because you know they the all the people mind controlled by the Serpent's Omen in the background mm. but kind of like walkers and uh, I just I just love Chris Tommy's artwork I really do he get you got the uh, uh what do you call it like Owen out there doing the uh, Hadouken. Give, yeah I was about yeah. to say it's giving me like a Kamehameha vibe you know? yeah he definitely yeah, exactly. did like uh, yeah. like full half circle back or whatever or whatever the input is for like not just the hadoken but the flaming hadoken and like this the light source is really good here like the way you can see the light off you know emanating from the fireball and like lighting up everything it's the only light source and everyone's going after him it's like he's holding on to like the one source of good like it tells the story yeah so we pick up right where the last issue ended we see that you know the guys ran into master zool and master zool's all under the influence of the serpents he runs back down you know he's freaking out trying to find out where the others are and you get this really another like really creepy walking dead moment where he's just like surrounded by everyone else in the temple and they're all like you know snakes are you know biting their necks or their shoulders or whatever they're all mind controlled and it's it's awesome yeah it's it's really intense scene and you see just how dire the situation really is so it was it's a good opening and i can't help but think after reading the um the letters and like the rc coda just uh that whether it's daytime or nighttime that kirkman doesn't he said he doesn't really take that into consideration too much when he's writing this stuff only for like big moments so uh, i think of that in retrospect for sure yeah so moving on we see that we're gonna we're gonna go through this issue a little bit quicker because we're not like we're not trying to analyze it but we're just really trying to talk about how awesome firepower is and we know that this issue is mostly just uh the family talking about the fallout from discovering that Ling Zhan is still uh alive but i think kelly takes it a lot better than we thought so you know owen's trying to explain that he just found out too and you know he doesn't know how to feel about it exactly which i don't blame him because it is a weird way to find out like in the middle of the battlefield so you know he obviously there's some tension there between him and kelly because he didn't tell her earlier like right after or right when he got home but uh you know <laughs> we see kelly just point straight at uh, ling zan and just say basically you don't talk now we're talking after and ling zan goes inside with the kids with Haley and doug and she just basically gets to know them and th- i love that the first thing uh, that you see is you know Haley just looking up at ling zan like this badass you know like ninja woman and she's just like so what was our dad like when he was young and she just gives her like this cheeky smile <laughs> yeah i feel like like kind of matt said she's gonna train her this this is kind of a good uh foreshadow to that they're gonna have a cool like sensei relationship between them yeah, yeah. that would be good and it'd be good that there'd be a lot more tension on the like the uh, Ling Zan Kelly dynamic where it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. you're raising my daughter, that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's not like these are two these are two people that you can equally kind of root for because, you know, we've seen they're great. Like Kelly, you know, all she did was meet Owen 20 years, like years after he had this experience and they were honest about it. So it, it's it's really just, you know, it, it's a cool dynamic that Kirkman really does well with. I mean, you can't yeah. fault Kelly, but she. She took it pretty well. She's still angry and firm, but she's also pretty understanding of the whole situation. Yeah, like we're not going to go through all the dialogue, but basically what it comes to is, you know, 
Kelly thinks that what they have is really special, and she just wants to make sure that uh, everything's good because she doesn't really doubt what they have. But th- it's only when Owen starts to do things like not tell her that he knows that Lingzan is still alive is when she begins to doubt what they have. So she just lets him know that she wants things to, between them to be more honest and that uh, that way, you know, they're going to be completely okay. So, uh, yeah, so they just basically talk about, you know, how he feels. And he, he just basically said he thought he was dead and he's still processing it. And, you know, he, he's basically what Matt said earlier about, like, them, their relationship ended when it was at the peak. It wasn't, like, planned. It wasn't, like, there was any, it just was sudden. Like, they were, they had strong feelings for each other. It was going strong. And suddenly that person was gone. So it's difficult to process that. And to see them back alive, it's, like, it's, un, you know, it's understandably difficult to process that, too. But we see that they end up holding hands at the end and going back into the home. So clearly they're made up, right? Like, we're good. Love is strong. Like, fire. It's, I mean, it's not, this issue isn't over for sure, but like for now, they've, they've, they had a good talk about it and stuff like that. But like Owen said, like, I literally don't know what to say because, you know, your feelings, sometimes you need time to think about this stuff. I mean, you get hit hard, but like you need to digest this kind of stuff. Think about what you should say about it or, you know, how you actually feel about it. It takes a while. So it, this will be an ongoing issue throughout the, uh, the foreseeable future. And yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, so going back into the home, we discover that, uh, you know, they're telling more about what the Serpent's Omen is, and, you know, the first thing Haley asks Owen was, if, you know, do you really shave your head, and she tells him, he tells her that, you know, everyone did, including Ling Zan, and she was just like, what, that's so cool, obviously, but, uh, did he shave his head, or his fire, his, 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 the fire, like, burnt off his hair? Can't remember uh, exactly, yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, I can't remember, I do like, I do like the explanation of the tattoo. This stood out to me a lot in the issue where it's like, oh, no, the dragon's not spitting fire. It's actually like swallowing the fire. Yeah. We also find out the dragon and the serpent are pretty much the same thing. Mm. She says they in the older text, the dragon was referred to as the serpent. I think it'll be like, what, what's what's the snake dragons? It's like a wern or something like that, like W-Y-R-N or whatever. It could be one of those things. And it's yeah. best of both worlds. Snake dragons coming at you. Yeah, basically, yeah, basically, she says the tattoo was the firepower killing the dragon, and you know, basically, she's saying that the prophecy says only someone who has the firepower can kill the dragon. But uh, when everyone has the firepower, there will no, there will be nowhere for the dragon to hide. So, yeah, and that's what the scorched earth means too, right? Yeah, and that, Owen tells her that he he does he that he was inside and he didn't see a dragon, but obviously he doesn't know about the scaly thing we saw in the water. So. You know, so she asked Ling Zan, why did she come here? And, you know, Ling Zan's like to warn you. And then so she was like, you knew we were in danger. And uh, she gets a phone call. It's from her friend who's heading back to the island. It's the nerd and dog. It, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And uh, he gets, you know, he also gets bitten by the by the snake because he's telling her right as he's about to board the deck that he sees snakes. So, boom. She realizes that the island's gone and that she has to go home and, you know, see what's up. And that's pretty much where the issue ends in terms of story, because they had, they, you know, they drop off the kids at the grandparents with, you know, peanut butter, who is obviously delighted to see uh, Grandpa Johnson. And, yeah, I love uh, that so much. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's their favorite grandson, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh. The kids are peanut yeah. butter and jealous at this point about it, but what are you yeah. going to do about it? And then you, we do have the nice talk with uh, Haley and Owen, too, where he just, you know, he, uh, yeah, he talks about... we talked about earlier. He just yeah, wants yeah, her yeah, to yeah. be a kid. He just wants her to be a kid, right? 
It's true. It's I don't think he's being unreasonable. He's not being he's he's being a protective dad. I don't think he's being overprotective when it's like it's ninjas. It's like, okay, don't get your heart broken on this date. It's like, uh, watch these ninjas will kill us if we're not careful. Oh yeah, no, totally. He's reasonable, and they have it. It ends well, and you know, he just you know he's about to leave, and uh, grandma asks him how much danger they're in, and he's just like, honestly, I don't know. They have a little hug, and we see them uh, being sent off at the airplane. Where you know they they all hug uh, Kelly, the kids hug Kelly, and because Ke- Kelly's obviously not gonna leave them alone, she's going with them, and that's I feel like one thing we're all excited for is to see the 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 three three way dynamic that's gonna happen in the next few issues, and then we're also uh, you know right after they take off from the flights, we see that uh, we cut back to the temple where Weilun is, and we see that Chu Feng is still under the influence of the Serpent's Omen. And they've asked, they asked, you know, they brought him away long and asking him how long he's been like that. And it's been for hours. So. Yeah. And then, of course, like we see the, the snake encounter and, you know, jumping to the, we see the airship, of course. And we have the, you know, not again from Waylon. I was hoping we would get like Kirkman says he was like wondering what line you should use. I was hoping we just get the San Andreas like, oh, here we go again or whatever. Like, like <laughs> it's, it's pretty much the same thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like Indiana Jones, right? Like he just hates snakes. <laughs> These guys are not no different. They just hate snakes. But yeah, that uh, jugular, like you said, just the way he just bites into that snake. Damn, that, that was, was one hell of a part in this whole issue. Not gonna oh, lie. Yeah. Yeah, Wade Lund's been stealing the, the last few issues in terms of the moments. But, yeah, uh, yeah he, he, we basically see that the Serpent Summon's trying to take over all the camps. Like, they're trying to basically take over all the allies. But I think the ending to this issue is perfect. It sums up how we feel and then how Kirkwood feels, where he just sees the big ass, you know, for lack of a better word, if you played WoW, you know what I'm talking about, the Zeppelin just showing up, and he's just <laughs> yeah. like, not again. And he's just like, yep, like it's going to happen again. So... Yeah, Kirkman says in the uh, in the roast office that this is going to be a big issue, uh, uh, setting up what's going to be the biggest arc and biggest issue next issue. So, Firepower fans and those looking into the series, check it out. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I have no doubt. So it seems like we're going to finally see, you know, the full brunt of the Serpent's Omens uh, force. And, One last uh, thing on the uh, snake, though. I feel like Waylon biting the head off the snake. I mean, that is what they're going to have to do to stop this, is you got to cut the head off the snake to stop the spread. So I feel like that's uh, symbolically what they're going to have to do to stop all this. Oh, yeah. that's, that's it, 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 There's even, like, some references to Beowulf and everything throughout the series. So I'm, I'd be surprised if it wasn't some sort of, like, decapitation or something along those lines. Good call. And he but, said it's going to get more adult going forward. Like, you can read it for the kids, but, like, yeah. it is going to get a little bit more hardcore. Yeah, he like, someone did ask him, like, what are the chances that we get a character like this or that, like, showing up? And he was like, you know, we're thinking about keeping the series more grounded. And I really like that. I'm like, you know, that's that's pretty cool. Grounding uh, th- this series isn't a bad idea because you could do a lot more with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no spawn. And, like, I feel like his comments, like, we want to be more grounded could be why they were left out of Skybound X. Yeah, that's true. That's a good call. No, like, I understand not having Spawn, but that doesn't mean there's no, like, way to work with other characters. But I guess it, it's his book, so we'll see. But moving moving forward, we're going to talk about another awesome book. And we're going to do this one a little bit differently because, you know, we are strapped up a bit for time. We've got a lot about another half hour left. So what we'll do is we're not going to analyze these issues. We're going to talk about Stray Dogs. We're just going to talk about the, the book. We're not highlights, even gonna go, stuff we like yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, we're not even going to go through it chronologically. We're just going to talk about the highlights. Yeah, so... Stray Dogs, how did everyone like First of all, first impressions, honestly, 
without you know you know anyone telling you about this did you like i i was i didn't think this would be a good story i, I was, was skeptical like, i was yeah. skeptical for it, it, the artwork looks like it looks good obviously sure. i was like like, like, the, like the cover it's it doesn't look like something that you would normally read right like something we would normally read yeah i put it down on the ground as like a pea pepper but no i'm kidding i, I was skeptical too <laughs> like it's it was you know you, you don't know what to expect you know my little pony has a certain stigma about it for you know fans would know about this but that's where you know trish forestner comes from and and tony fleeks as well right yeah and you know we're we're not fans of those titles and we respect them of course we respect yeah, all yeah. comics so we're not here to talk about what we don't like but that's not sure. something we read so uh yeah we, i'm not we, saying it's a negative thing but it is oh, a no, reality. no no of course like, there of is course, a, a of cloud course. over that series yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks no, to the no, bronies no. mostly but yeah, yeah. yeah of course but, but my little pony and power rangers all that like i these are not something i normally read i buy i i read power but perhaps sorry i read power rangers and ended up enjoying it so you never know but uh yeah i'm pretty sure that they i know they do a fantastic job and that's why they were given this shot but uh yes they're a welcome addition onto this because the artwork is actually amazing like it, it's it, immaculate once, yeah once you actually like read the first issue you're hooked onto the series show me a flaw in, in the artwork like every page it just fits so well there's parts that i almost get ice cream man vibes but it's a little cleaner than the artwork there and the the right when you've read it already the foreshadowing is really good and you kind of, they kind of set up the rules when you get sophie taken to the vet when they talk about you know like rule one uh you know number one they're not going to remember uh what's yeah what's, on, what's so. that disney movie with the dogs that's based all on? dogs go to heaven lady and the tramp it's lady the tramp and sons of the lambs makes like that's what they describe it as and i think that's a perfect way to describe this book yeah, definitely. So, like, I like how it's like rule one, it's a proven fact that it's not possible for a dog to hate their person, which is a major factor going on throughout the book because it's almost like Stockholm Syndrome, but even more intense for a dog that has, like, limited memories. And then it's like, two, that's not how their memory works. So, yeah, there's no spoilers at this point. But, yeah, that's not a spoiler to say. But no, no we, mean, can, we, can, we can talk about spoilers. It's OK. OK, but before the spoilers, like, definitely check out this book if you have any doubts, like, and you like, like, horror. And it's a really cool mashup of, like, Disney and horror where you're like, oh, I, I shit. Mean, this is one of the books of the year, no, no doubt, right? Like, all Definitely. the printing. How many different printings did it sell? Like, I, the amazing reviews it's it got. Fifth, it's fourth and fifth, at least. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah, issue it's, had, it's like, book of the, It's one of the top series of the year. Like, you can't talk about good comics this year without talking about it. Like, th this is the kind of thing where you could hand it to random people who don't read Marvel DC and they would really enjoy it. You know what I mean? yep uh, it's it's super well done and like oh what's i'll ask this, what's your guy's favorite dog oh it, <laughs> which which is earl the one oh, that the like ends up saving the day imogene is uh, pretty yeah. sweet but but i yeah. mean earl's arc was amazing i found like when you find out that he was taken in as a puppy and stuff like that and then you know that's why he's the most attached and then he realizes in like his yes. last lines of like i remember he jumps through the window and then he he's like the one thing to stop the car is his friggin body he has to sacrifice himself to make sure that like they actually get i mean justice basically he definitely yeah. had the most um development like, emotional arc or development yeah like he started off as the big denier who's the most loyal you know he kept defending um the owner until the last second but then once it finally clicked in his head and he started getting those little bits and pieces of memory that's when it all turned around for him and he like kind of gave himself up for for the greater good you know yeah speaking of that i think imogene or or uh, roxanne would be my favorite and i know roxanne is uh is a uh it's based like, on the dog of the, uh, yeah uh, trish's trish dog, yeah. yeah it's based on trish's dog so that's really i, I cool. forgot his name but the my favorite one is the white one that kind of had to go behind the shed and get the punishment, if you know what I mean. Is it Gucci? Oh, the Dalmatian? 
Yeah, yeah, Gucci. Yeah, it's Gucci. Oh, Gucci. Yeah, really Gucci. Oh, it's Victor. Victor. No, no, Victor, Victor. He's Victor. 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 It is Victor. Yeah, Victor. Yeah. I didn't Victor. notice that Victor didn't have uh, the front paw <laughs> until like the <laughs> second reread. I don't. Maybe I forgot it, but like I know there's a part where they show like after the accident, he's like got his like arm bandaged up. But like I did not notice until like the, the second time when they're he's in the pit. They're like, oh, I need help. I'm like, oh, I just thought he was like not very like capable, not even like without the paw. But yeah, that makes it even sadder that Victor's the one basically that gets yeah. the worst treatment and gets like hung up and shit like that in the shed. Yeah. Like that's horrific. <laughs> No, dude, that shit had me like on the edge of my. Seat, I literally terrified. gasped. Like I, yeah, me too. I literally let out an actual gasp. Yeah, yeah. I, I told you, I was like, you're gonna, you're gonna freak out when you read the first issue. Yeah. It's this one and Department of Truth both have like, the end of the first issue has like a jaw dropping moment. You're just like, whoa. Yeah, it's like a mule kick to the face for this, especially the Department of Truth, but. I, I it's just so cool in the way that it work, it weaves itself into the story of like the memory and how they remember and you know I, the idea of like when you're in group when even with you're with you're with old friends and stuff like that they remind you you have these memories but it's easier to piece each other piece the memories together when you kind of like feed each other little tidbits and it's like oh but then that happened that happened so it's really cool to see how they can kind of do that yeah and and you know speaking of strengths in the books i think one thing they do so well right off the bat because we know we, i don't know for those of you who haven't read it or you know check it out for sure for those of you who have this is a five issue like mini series right so the in five in in only five issues in just just two issues i would say or one issue they managed to show a lot of character between like all the actual different characters in the series like they all have their own really cool personalities they're all you know quirky in their own ways and you really begin to you know enjoy them really fast yeah i like how there's two henry's too because it's like in a, in a real world there would be two people with the same name or whatever so it's like no this is like happening it's like i didn't plan this out like where are all their different names going to be it's like no no there's two henry's because like this guy's just taking whatever dog uh, and their there. names are so funny like someone would totally name their dog gucci you know especially like a little is it a chihuahua it, yeah, it looks like a chihuahua yeah. it's definitely like a paris hilton got this dog in my purse kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah yeah it's yeah. one of those dogs that just sits in your purse yeah yeah, and like Henry the Poodle, like where are you getting that like for the other Henry? So like, I it's just it's just great. You have a, a pug named Killer. Some dogs are better service than others, but oh, and I, I knew I said to you, Bash, I said like you got me on this in issue four. Like I was like issue three. I'm like Imogene is definitely fucking master up, no question. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. and it was satisfying as hell when it did happen. So yeah, the 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 story handles moments really well. Like you know how they how their memory ends like at the end of the issue or how only certain th- events or certain traumatic uh, you know things trigger their memories like whenever they smell something from their master or whatever it is from their owner or whatever they're called but uh they get the yeah. scent and they remember the senseless violence like it's, it's yeah. perfect but in my opinion uh and it, honestly stray dogs number one it's really cool because we know we are the rainy rock podcast it's really cool to see at the end of stray dogs number one there's a sneak yeah. preview yeah. of radiant black number one so it's that's awesome to see the love between the two because I know Radiant Black I know Kyle Higgins has a coat on the end of issue number five on the back of the comic book so you can, you know he's a huge fan of this comic book too at least based on what he said so and who wouldn't be like it's honestly yeah. a fantastic comic like it handles the horror aspects really well like we already said the characters are all lovable um you know I, I already said it had us on the edge of our seats gasping shit's like seriously tense like it's like I was actually. Like, when you read issue four and five, you need a breather after that because it's crazy. More uh, connective tissue between this and Radiant Black, though, is, like, I think the only other series with a cover game that can compete with Radiant Black this year would be Stray Dogs because they've been 
fire that like that friday the 13th part four cover oh my it's just been amazing even like the paperback i think it's like the lost boys uh, uh lost boys uh uh homage like it's oh my god they're good yeah and one of the best and greatest gifts to mankind that this uh comic book uh includes is the stray dogs letter section so in the letter section and some of the issues you could see that so many people the feedback was so well received for this comic book and there were so many people sending co- you know sending emails of their dogs or sending uh email requests for their uh, commissions to be done of their pets that what they did is decide to post a bunch of pictures people who posted pictures of their dogs in the comic book letter section and they were just like hey strays we bunch you know we posted a bunch of your strays so <laughs> so there's just two pages of just people's pets and it's amazing just all these adorable you know dogs and it's one of the best things ever in a comic book and it ends well too it's a great narrative and it's really well ended with it's an intense issue and then like i love the ending at the park yeah with, uh, i think with the his... ending is perfect yeah 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 what were we gonna say ending with the what no, uh, I was just no. going to say the ending is, is nice. It kind of wraps it up really well. You were mentioning you needed a breather after all the events in, uh, in issue four and five. And that those last few pages at the end kind of wrap it all up and let you relax a little bit, knowing that, you know, some some people were some dogs were sacrificed, but all was well th- at the end of the day. Do you think that she met that Sophie met Rusty before? Because they said in the first issue that they look familiar or that he looks familiar. So maybe that's probably like the same dog park, same neighborhood. So it could be that they had met before in a dog park and just completely forgot because they forget yeah. later too. So that could have been, you know, the second time they met. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you read the, um, when you read the free comic book day book, which is basically for those of you out there that are interested in, you know, getting a sample of the series without necessarily paying because you're not hundred percent sure the free comic book day edition of stray dogs, which is completely free unless your comic book store sucks and didn't give them out for free. But, uh, you know, most stores did. I know it was in high demand, so it might not be available at most stores. But if you're lucky, you might see one, you know, grab oh, yeah. one. I got one at Strange uh, yesterday, yeah. which nice. is pretty sweet, like weeks That's later. Awesome. So yeah. 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 So, yeah, they might be available. And that reprints uh, issue number one for those of you who haven't checked out the series. And there's a prologue to the entire story, which takes pl- uh, to the entire series, sorry, which takes place before it. So that's where they introduce how the first dog uh, was abducted by the creepy asshole. Yeah, um, another element that I like is this guy's just using these dogs as, like, his tools, basically, for, I mean, I guess hunting or whatever, but then literally just for, like, uh, you know, uh, getting these women into, like, a false sense of security, right? So, and these these dogs that he just treated so terribly are, are his undoing in the end, and it's not just any dog. It's not like a Rottweiler or something, but they have not just Imogene, but it's really Sophie that, you know, put the uh, chink in the armor there, and so it's almost like a dog version of The Hobbit in that way, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you can see in the prologue that uh, that reinforces that theme because he tries to basically talk to the woman without a dog, and he, you know, when she when the woman first sees him and asks him like, okay, which dog is yours? And he points at some dog, and she's like, oh, that's Mrs. Widow's dog. Like, is uh, does she like let you take care of him? And then he was like, uh, the other one. And then he he just obviously cut the conversation just to make her forget about it. So clearly the guy was trying to you know talk to women, but he wasn't having any luck so like matt said he knew he needed a dog so he started dog napping other people's dogs yeah i think he's a villain of the year like move over dark side or whatever or thanos <laughs> if you're alive this is master guy he doesn't even like have a name he's the biggest pos like we don't even see his face we just know like what he embodies and we just hate him yeah so stray dogs um from all three of you highly recommended 
All right, five issues. I mean, very short. Awesome Quick trade read. paperback. Yeah, trade paperback coming out very soon. I think it's like ten bucks. Very sweet there deal. Isn't, so. You don't see a lot of the killing happen. You just kind of see the aftermath too. If you're worried about that, I don't like seeing animals get hurt in any way either. But yeah, I, I th- you know I think Bitewing takes a bigger hit in, in a lot of ways. And uh, so yeah, if you're worried about that, it's not that bad for this kind of story technically. No, no, it's really not. So I, w- I mean, I wouldn't let kids read it, but uh, if you're an adult, yeah, you'll you'll be fine. It's really not that bad. It's no red room bullshit or whatever. <laughs> that that stuff's crazy. But uh, yeah, Stray Dogs, highly recommended. Awesome stuff from Tony Fleece and Trish Forstner. Check it out. I mean, it's sold so many different printings. Seriously, potentially one of the titles of the year, optioned already by Paramount Studios, I believe. And there's gonna be a movie being made very soon. So. You can already yeah. see, oh, Billy, look, you finished SpongeBob. Do you want to try Stray Dogs? <laughs> no. So I hope that that's like they have like a separate section or something because, Jesus, parents, uh, I don't know if they'll know enough to uh, save their kids from this. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, how it was we're, it for Comic Book Day. They, yeah, kinda, exactly. they had an adult <laughs> section and Stray Dogs was definitely on there. Cal yeah, told me some, there was a some book. Kids were grabbing it. Some kids yeah. were grabbing Stray Dogs and yeah. some parents had to be like warned. So, yeah, it's an issue for sure. There's another book, though, Cal was saying that, like, they, they have, like, the red label. I didn't know, but there was, like, a red label on the free comic book day. And in the States, they left it on a one book. Like, Cal's like, here's Red Room. He's like, oh, do you want a copy? He's like, Dude, uh, oh, yeah. Red and Room is messed up. He says the book that he handed me that didn't have the label was even worse. Here. Dude, I, I, I tried to read it. It was it was too much for me. Super violent stuff. But I, I, know, I know a lot of people are into it, so that's fine. If, if you're into that stuff, it's awesome. But uh, for me, it was a bit extreme. Yeah. It's called uh, Tales of Growing Up, apparently. Cal says it's even worse So, as far as, like, traumatic stuff. So, I don't know. I, I haven't judged it. But as far as I know, uh, that could be worse. So, yeah, uh, it, it definitely parents, if you're going to free comic book day, uh, keep an eye out for those labels and maybe double check if you're not sure. Because this, this does look innocent as hell, and a kid would grab it. So, I don't know. Watch out. 100%. Good call. And moving on from Stray Dogs, which obviously comes highly recommended from all three of our... Uh, of all three of us uh next we're going to talk about nightwing so nightwing you know everyone who knows me knows i'm a very big fan of nightwing i'm i'm watching you know i've been watching the titans uh the new season every single day the episodes come out and super hyped for that i've been reading nightwing for a long time i own most of the issues of volume uh two uh, volume one is just a miniseries from i think that was like one to four so obviously i have that but the original miniseries are the original series ongoing i have most of the issues i read most of it i love it and you know he's one of my favorite all-time like heroes whether it's marvel dc whatever so he's obviously something very close to me and i just want to say this nightwing run is one of the best ever i mean anyone who knows me knows that i hate nightwing and i think he's just he shouldn't ex- <laughs> no it's it's fast you recommend this to me it's the first uh, nightwing series i've read and holy shit like it's it's so the art first of all is probably my favorite art in any book this year uh personally it's just it's so clean it, and like the way that they show action is really 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 good um it, it's it's definitely like top tier art um and the storyline like taylor is just killing it so i mean this 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 run is a treat yeah i mean i remember like people you know we had this conversation like me and you where or you and i where where you you know i told you like okay this current nightwing sucks and this was back where we had rick grayson uh as nightwing and i was like yeah no current nightwing sucks like i i'm not a fan of this whole rick grayson thing like why are we even like 
we talked about how if we're going to do the whole Rick Grayson thing, we might as well do it right and really explore, otherwise not do it. And it wasn't really, it just felt like filler bullshit, which, you know, people were going to forget about the moment it ended. I'd rather be pickle Rick Grayson and be a vegetable <laughs> and be stuck no, and not be For real, though, like, it was so bad, though. It wasn't even done well. And, and so people, like, nobody, I don't think there's anyone out there that actually enjoyed Rick Grayson. And I have the issues, right? I don't. I didn't enjoy them, okay? I stopped buying them after a while. But I, I remember the day where, and I was telling, I honestly told, you know, Matt, we had this conversation where he was like, what do you think would make Nightwing run better? And I said, well, first of all, you know, Barbara Gordon should be a main character of the run. Like, it's just, yeah. it's, like, she's not, she doesn't, if she doesn't have her own title, which, which she, it it's recently ended. Yeah, she, it recently ended her own ongoing series. She should be in the Nightgoing series or another Bad Family title. It just makes sense. And then. Like another thing is she like she has a long, long, long and one of the most famous relationships, whether it's like actual ongoing relationship right now or whether it's just on and off with uh, uh, Dick Grayson. So, you know, she's a pivotal character in the Bat, Bat universe and in his life. It makes sense for her to be there. They know each other really well, and especially without Alfred yeah. there. You need someone like that's there. It isn't Batman going around doing his thing. Another thing we talked about is that Tim Drake's been lost for a while in the whole DC universe without like an actual. Um, you mean Drake? Yeah. yeah, Tim Drake. Like, no, no, you problem. mean like he just goes by Drake, doesn't he? Or did he stop? Doing uh, that? They stopped doing that bullshit, thank God. So, uh, yeah, man, Bendis, Bendis out there trying to. He's the villain of the new Superman title, so it makes sense. We know. Uh, Superboy, you've got my greatest villain. I can't yeah. stop him. Only you can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Bendis, yeah. Man. But, uh, yeah, no, Young, Young Justice, we're not going to talk about that Drake stuff. But, no, Tim Drake, we talked about how he doesn't, if he's not going to have his own title, another character. Because you, you think about, like, okay, in Future State, they gave Tim Drake his own title with Robin Eternal or whatever it was called. Mm. So if he's not going to have his own title right now, it doesn't make sense. So we have to see him in something. And why don't we put him in the Nightwing title? Because it makes sense. He's current, you know, he's a Robin of sorts. And Damien's having his whole his whole phase where he's discovering himself, where he's stepping away from the Robin mantle per se, and kind of like, you know, doing his own thing. So it makes sense for Tim Drake to currently occupy the role. So, and he is, so it's nice to see him featured in this. It's like everything we complained about that was an issue prior is, uh, and the biggest one of all, obviously is the characterization of Dick Grayson. Like Dick Grayson was so off as Rick Grayson, and then Dick Grayson was off as himself being written. A little bit, like, Jurgen's had a little bit of Dick Grayson good in there, but, you know, he's just still recovering from the whole KGB bullet shot and everything, and we were also over that. So it's honestly nice to free a fresh take. And what did we say about, like, most people, they make Bloodhaven, like, I can't remember the last time Bloodhaven felt like Bloodhaven, unless, like, it was, like, Defacer was here, and or is it Defacer or Spoiler, whatever it's called. That chick with the spray paint, that that girl. That's the facer. If the one in King Shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The facer. So because they were dating for a bit, that was that was a really good. Like I enjoyed that. I think it was Tim Seeley doing that run. That Has was. Did she ever time. spray painted two faces the other side of his face? Because <laughs> I think I that know. that should happen. That would, that would be pretty cool. One thing I do want to say, even though people weren't fans of the previous run, I really like how it dovetails into this with Dick saying stuff like, I forgot who I was. Uh, like, I, I, I like that because it's it's a few – it can work in a couple of ways where it's like he literally forgot who he was. But there's people who, you know, you get lost. You forget about who you are and you gradually I, – I, like, You could take it in the meta way too where it's like the writers forgot how to write me, right? Like, like I forgot <laughs> who I was because – seriously, like I forgot who I was because like – People, you know, that could mean that he was written in a way that was very different than his conventional characterization, which I get it, like take risks. But 
I like what Tom Taylor is doing, and we'll talk about those risks right now. Right? Enough, like you know. I mean, as as someone who hasn't really read any of the recent Nightwing, like this is the first Nightwing I've read in a long, long time. Hmm. It's it's kind of nice to to get this like fresh blank slate kind of look like yeah it's connected to alfred dying him getting shot in the head and all that so then like kind of mentioning it and then building the characterization of him so far based on that really hooked me in yeah i i like the stuff with 100. the bully at the beginning with shelton lyle how they like uh his dad had the insurance company like people paid for a safety net then shelton's dad took that away when they needed it yep. most and like that's perfect like that's this whole backstory of like you know people need these safety nets because everyone falls down sometimes you get shot in the head and take on a stupid name you know you need these ways to build yourself back up there is redemption out there for people like just just real quick if you haven't read any nightwing or you don't know much about nightwing this is a great um yeah. great point to come into it 100%. Yeah, it's a good starting point. And the thing is, like, we talked about how to make this Nightwing run a good Nightwing run, especially with the passing of Alfred for a while now, they need a new main character, like a new character. And it could be a small character, but they need, like, whether it's a villain, a side character, but they need new characters to make, to flesh out Bloodhaven, first of all, and make it uh, very much so not so that Nightwing is going to be like the Gotham all the time. No, he's in Bloodhaven. This is Enter very much, Melinda Zuko. Yeah. That's his yeah, city Mel- now. So we get Melinda Zuko. It's always been his city since his first run. That's what I'm saying. Like They have to flush it out more and make... They have to make his rogues gallery somewhat memorable so that people can go, oh yeah, these are villains that Nightwing has. And we'll get more into that later. But you know, when you do that with Spider-Man or Batman, it's very fast. You could even do that with other... Uh, heroes right now at Green Lantern where you're like okay these are the good villains because they have a lot of good villains but like Nightwing the biggest issue I feel like is that he doesn't really have memorable villains he either borrows a lot of Gotham's villains the like lower tier villains you know the bullshit ones like or he he has some of his own villains that are just like not memorable like Lady Vic in my opinion is not memorable or like Tarantula or whatever like they're whatever villains but well, we're getting to that later, but yeah. And strong villains are—you don't always need a strong villain too. If everything else is good, I can take a weaker, non-memorable villain as well. Yeah, but the we, list seems cool so far, but not blowing my mind. But I'm interested. We yeah, we talked about how a top-tier character like Nightwing deserves a top-tier creative team. Dan Jurgens is good, but like they had a lot of fill-in artists doing Nightwing towards the end of that run, and I'm just not a fan of the artistic, uh, like the, the not. I, they were all right for a while, but I said that you want to make a good, memorable Nightwing run. You need a consistent artist. And Brian Redondo. Bruno is, Redondo. Uh, sorry, in, Bruno. Yeah, Bruno Redondo. He's amazing. And in, incredible. Yeah. Adriano Lucas's colors are perfect, too. They're, like, immaculate. Like, oh, my Yeah, they, they really are the dream team for this kind of series. Like, they really do. Fit. It's almost like firepower level uh, symbiosis, to be honest. Yeah, the way they show action, some of it looks like something you'd look at on a plane just to see, like, how do I make sure I don't die if the plane crashes? But it's it works because Nightwing's tools, there's, like, a lot to it with his, like, the little, like, the nightsticks or whatever and how it works. And, like, just how he op- – there's the panels, like, when he's opening the window and, like, cutting through. It's it's just really it, – it's just really, like, informative and a pleasure to look at as well. Yeah, you know, and we get our first new character, Haley, right? Bitewing? So. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, uh, I one of my that. favorite things – so far reading this is um you know with his background like being an acrobat in the circus and i don't know what the technical term is but like when when they draw uh, a character doing multiple things in the same panel so you see like him jumping off a building and you see or him going like, down every the stair step loop, the fire escape or going yeah. down the stair loop in the fire escape yeah exactly but you see him multiple like multiple times in the same panel i i love that like it's it's yep. done really really well 
mm-hmm. in uh, in the series. It makes him look and come alive. Yeah, there's a lot of little things like that. I guess they're big things because they're they do take a lot of time. So a lot of amazing. Artists, and the meme shirt, yeah. the Batman yeah. slap shirt. Exactly. Yes. The, the, the little yes. things, the little shirts, or the little things that they call back to, or like the letter that he reads from Alfred, or. There's a or like you know the flying Grayson's posters in the background. So there's a lot of little things or like even the shirts that he wears in some of the issues. Like, you know they're like Tom Taylor shows that that's one of the shirts that he has in real life. Or I think one of my favorite things of the whole uh, run beyond how good it is obviously as a run being one of the best Nightwing runs is like you look at the first panel of issue number 79 and you see it's this amazing amazing page where he's jumping down this building and at the beginning he's you know a flying grace and then he's robin then he's nightwing then he's like yeah. a teen titan then he's like new two nightwing it's like the 79 like, variant yeah. cover uh yeah it's like the, the cover it's like the cover yeah and then that I cover that. is obviously yeah that cover is one of the best in my opinion one of the best nightwing covers like ever made like that's honestly like like it's iconic instantly it's like, even people yeah. that don't like nightmare like i can't yeah. I, like I need to have this yeah 100 percent. it's just like to me it's such an iconic cover that like everyone years later when the, the nightwing becomes huge and he gets his own movies because everyone a lot of, he's gotten a lot of new fans after being exposed in other media like in uh titans, titans for example and then in young uh, justice young justice yeah so in the animated series after a while when he became nightwing so there's a lot of you know once he gets his own movie i feel like or he's in other movies with batman he's going to get huge and people are going to want to collect Nightwing and they're going to see that cover and they're going to be like, that is an amazing cover. And then like we said earlier, like having Barbara. Yeah. I feel like it's perfect. These movies will be perfect for couples. Like there's like almost like a rom-com. Like this would be perfect, like better than Harley and the Joker where you have people are like looking for excuses to just do fucked up shit to each other. Basically like night, like Babs and Nightwing are like a perfect kind of like, even if they're not like a couple, couple all the time and stuff like that, I feel like they're dynamic. They help each other out as a healthy relationship as opposed to like, uh, let me get some shitty tattoos and like, I don't know, let's go on a crime spree. <laughs> yeah. And, and we see that like Dick Grayson's all about learning from Bruce's mistakes or maybe I shouldn't say mistakes, but experiences, because while we see Bruce try to tackle these issues in a different way, maybe more, you know, like systematic way, we see the Nightwings trying to tackle issues of like homelessness and like you know housing crisis yeah like all these like poverty all these big issues he's trying to tackle them in his own way he's using the wealth that he gets from alfred in his own way and we talked about how in order to have a memorable run you want to have a pretty cool villain as heartless so far is pretty cool villain like so far from what we've seen he's we don't know a lot yet but i i I dig it like yeah it's cool to see the nightwing help people on a micro and a macro level like with the pizza and then later on obviously with the alfred foundation like the the latest issue of that run i think it was like the end of the arc like oh the superman talk uh, we're gonna i'm jumping ahead but like that stuff is really touching oh we'll get to it but yeah the pizza and stuff like that like just buying that for everybody and putting them up in a room and then you see the heartless heartless come up there and he just takes the the dad's like heart there or whatever it's like he just had a shot like he just had you know, okay, I got a hotel room for a month with my kid, and like this guy's helped me out. I might actually be able to get a fresh start, and then boom, heart taken. Like it, it shows how evil the villain is. You take a good thing Nightwing does, and then this guy just takes it away immediately. It's, it's well done. Yeah, we see a lot of just. I think one thing I love about Tom Taylor, aside from his great writing, is he's a good writer. Is uh, in my opinion, is like a lot of like I said, the little moments. I don't know if it's him or Redondo per se, but I know that's his shirt, the Black Canary shirt, and then to see like Dick wearing it in the comic book. There's a lot of like little DC homages that I personally love because you know I'm a big big DC fan. So I also love how like perfectly 
uh, Barbara's, in my opinion, is drawn in these comics. I think she's drawn really well. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, like she really looks, I think, like just like a modern day Barbara, how how a modern day Barbara the freckles, would look. Freckles. Yeah. So what's well done. Just like yeah, fashion design, everything from like, the choices, and I like her involvement in Dick's life as far. It's as organic like, in the story yeah, too. It's not like we need pseudo like Oracle role. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it's great and you know she gives him the the will she's uh ahead of well she's in charge of like revealing the will to uh nightwing and like alfred like he doesn't need to be a force ghost like the lingering presence of alfred on all the robins and and batman has been really well done oh yeah and then lastly one of my favorite things is i love how they they have a very specific focus on uh how nightwing slash yeah how he uses his technologies a la like hawkeye by math fraction where they show specific panels of like his uh eskimo sticks like shooting uh, you know the helicopter the, swing the grapples the on that yeah oh, yeah sick. like the grapples or the swings and everything how you see his mask his his uh yeah his mask isn't just the mask it's like it has like you know like he talks to oracle through it that clearly has like some sort of technology input through it there's a lot of like really cool insights into uh into nightwing and then there's a little a few surprises that i don't want to reveal that like i think are best left for okay i kind of tease them but yeah Yeah. i guess yeah yeah the shirt the shirt and stuff is fine but there's other things no one's brought up that one more thing one more i don't think it's a big spoiler though but the uh the group chat Oh yeah, the bad the group chat has yeah, that's yeah. that's one of my favorite like yeah. recurring things. I would so read far. I would read a comic that's just the group chat. Like I would yeah. buy I would buy that for sure. When's the first time it's appeared? Like has it been around? This is the first time I, I've seen uh, it. That's the first time I've seen it. Is in this uh, is in Nightwing. So yeah, yeah it's in Robin too. Like it's nice to see. It's like a nice thread. Like the the group chat has better continuity than the rest of DC. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Also, in Titans Academy, he's hooking up with starfire so that's not the same that's not canon to me like that's a different thing because i don't like i don't yeah. like that I, yeah i don't like that either i mean i, I love the relationship because i read teen titans growing up but right now with like with the whole like i don't like mixing the two i want him to like pick a lane man but like yeah. no I, I love the addition of who's elaine is she a new one I, I thought that was his daughter <laughs> in the future that's not uh, a good so just... <laughs> yeah. I, I, but yeah one of my favorite things uh, oh, one of the moments in this Nightwing uh, issue is in in number 82. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a moment where they think he's in danger. And there's this really cool yeah. thing that happens. And it's awesome. And really, it's really good. It's This is like a reason why I love Tom Taylor's writing. is He shows these little moments of like, he really shows that he understands the characters. Not just the characters, but also their relationships to other characters. But yeah, Melinda Zuko's a new interesting character. Or should I say... Uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't say because I don't want to spoil it. But uh, yeah, Melinda Zuko, very interesting new character. So Her this clearly she's integrated incredibly well into the yeah. story. Yeah. So there's clearly a lot going on with this Nightwing run, and right now we're at. Uh, it started in issue 78. 78's had multiple printings. Um, personally, I think you should pick up issue number 78 first print. If you see it, that's a no-brainer. It's a hot book now. Mm-hmm. It's like thirty, twenty dollars, so it's not gonna be cheap, but. Uh, if you see it on the shelf for like four or five dollars, definitely grab that. And 78 uh, second print or third print, if you just want to, you know, they're both good too. The third print is awesome because it has the first cover appearance of Haley Bitewing, and it has this amazing, adorable cover where she's dreaming, and in her dream, and it's on the cover, it's Nightwing and her swinging like throughout Goth, uh, throughout Bloodhaven, sorry. So 
Awesome yeah. cover. Highly recommend checking it out. Check that out. Check out this uh, Nightwing series by Tom Taylor and uh, Bruno Redondo. It's incredible. I, I highly rec- I recommend it. It's my favorite uh, like superhero. I know he's not a superhero, but it's my favorite like hero, I guess, ongoing title right now from the big two. This is my favorite title. I think it's my favorite ongoing from DC right now. And uh, yeah, this is one of those things where I, I'm, I can't wait for every single issue. It's top of my pull list, top of my read list. Check out yeah, Nightwing. It's a gift. We're not we're not worthy of, of Nightwing. You know, it's we're like Bloodhaven. Oh, no. We're not worthy. This, but... this is one of the best runs ever. Like for sure, it 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 lives up to the hype, and it's up there with like Chuck Dixon's run. It's up there. You know, Nightwing doesn't have a lot of runs that are long, where you have a lot of like writers writing him for a while. So it's up there with Higgins' run as well. Uh, I I just but, got that yesterday too. I'm gonna dive into Higgins' run. I just bought the singles. I, I love so. it. It's so good. Highly recommend that one too. But, uh, yeah, like, you know, there's a lot of good little runs, like, by Grayson on uh, Nightwing or, like, by Marv Wolfman, where, like, he brings in Vigilante and everything. But uh, I highly recommend this run. It's amazing. You won't regret it. You're a fan of DC. You're just a fan of superhero comics. You'll enjoy it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you want a good uh, comic series in 2021, like, if you were trying to write one, like, definitely include a stray dog in there, and you might have a shot at being, like, <laughs> one of the most well-regarded. But, yeah, it, it's great. Um, Bitewing might, you know, slowly, you know, she just got introduced, but she's slowly, you know, rising up the ranks. One might one day be as good as Bat Cow, but who really is? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe she'll be in the Legion of Super Pets. Who knows? Maybe one day she'll become a super pet with a Streaky the Super Cat or, you know, the, I forgot the monkey's name. Uh, I forget. I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, Beppo? We- Beppo, yeah. Beppo the Super Monkey and... Uh, <laughs> Who else was it? I know there's the horse. Detective Chip is like above that shit though. He's like, no, no, I'm, I'm, t- I'm not, I'm not in all this. Oh yeah, the Detective Chip is, is, yeah, no, for sure. But uh, yeah, highly recommend Nightwing. Seriously, one of the best. Beta Ray Bills today. Yeah, yeah, we we'll do, to... we'll, we'll do a quick Beta Ray Bill. But we're not even gonna dive into every issue. But we'll, we'll talk. So our final series that we're gonna bring up is Beta Ray Bill. We're gonna go through this real quick. In my opinion, Wild Beta Ray Bill, so everyone knows this is maybe a little biased because I'm a huge Daniel Warren Johnson fan. I'm a fan of everything he's done. I have, you know, Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, anybody amazing, Murder Falcon, Next Level. Oh, mm, that's uh, showing up. You'll be hearing more about Murder Falcon later if I have anything to say about it. Yeah, and the Beta Ray Bill is, is amazing. I'm, I'm a big fan of the character, have his first appearance. I think his uh, run in the Thor runs, one of the best Thor runs ever, one of the best Marvel runs, too. And you know this this series i think while it was out was one of the best marvel runs because right now I, i'm not like I, I i'm still collecting some marvel like it's a little bit i'm not into a lot of the titles right now i think there's a big lull while we're waiting for the transition from uh donny cates's venom run to brian hitch and uh ron v and uh alley wings venom's run and then there's also the transition from immortal hulk which i feel like is, is really slow right now too uh it's my favorite uh, Marvel series of the year, Hulk. for sure. Beta Ray yes. Bill. It's been, you yeah. know, I got I got my Pfizer shots, but what I really needed was Johnson and Johnson just uh, wrecking this DW <laughs> this, this series because like uh, you had um, you had Johnson, he was he drew it, he did the art, and he did the uh, the writing. But uh, you know, Mike Spicer's uh, colors really made this pop. But damn, I'm, I'm really a big fan of uh, Dana Warren Johnson now after Murder Falcon, and now this this like Beta Ray Bill. This is the like Nightwing. This is the first Beta Ray Bill series I've read, and same. It, yeah it's amazing like it used to be like let's make horse jokes now i feel kind of bad because like now i know his pain and stuff like that like <laughs> what he went through he's an android horseman that's really been he's been made to fight like this and thor is a bigger asshole than i realized when i read that kate's run now after that like issue two or three when they fought and he destroyed stormbreaker that's a big element of this story where i didn't know that that's what made him change form so thor just looks like a real asshole now after this 
Yeah, I mean, this this had it all, really. I know Derek from the Weekly Calls is a big fan. Check his stuff out if you haven't. I know, I like, and for good reason. Like, it really does have it all. It has comedy. It has drama. It has action. insane action. Like, seriously, like, he brings you that wrestling, you know? <laughs> like, he, he brings it all brings We get it the all German here. suplex callback. We get everything. Yeah, we get it all. It's, it's so fantastic. The art is incredible. Like, I know some people really don't like Daniel Warren Jensen's uh, artwork. If you don't, don't check this out because it's it's his art. You know, I, I think you're wrong, but uh, you know, it's it's, it's it, raw to fit his storytelling. It's raw emotions, and it's just mm-hmm. a lot of like raw artwork that's just like you. We feel get it. new characters. We get old characters. We get fucking Pip the Troll in here. We Scuttlebutt, get Scuttlebutt. You know? Yeah, we get so many awesome characters here. Yeah, we get Scourge. So it's like this just. This is a wild ride, seriously, from start to finish. Every issue was so good. The artwork was consistent. Uh, it was amazing to see a big villain like Surtur throughout the uh, series. I love Tim the Sang story. Boom. The story's epic. Just the story itself of him having to go like to you know through hell to get another big fucking huge weapon blade to basically transform himself into a mortal so he can get laid and have lo- you know have a love in his <laughs> life like it's, it's seriously epic when you think about the story it's like such an epic story so i think this is one of those titles you have to check out if you if you like thor if you like marvel comics if you just like epic if you like ping comics pong. <laughs> yeah no it, it's fantastic seriously I, I can't heap enough praise on top of this beta re- beta ray build run Daniel Warren Johnson in, in uh, sorry in general is a, a creator to look out for. Yeah. Check out his work. Uh, he's one of those guys who I stay on top of everything he's he's doing because I I'm really enjoying everything. I've really enjoyed everything he's done. And uh, yeah, anything else? Any Ali? Anything you want to say about a Beta Ray Bill? No, it's just great. Every every page is great from the art from the writing the whole overarching story and it's it's pretty short too like you don't really need any previous knowledge to get into it no they, they just, really it, they, they explain it too they kind of give the backstory and then they build it up great climax exactly. great yeah. ending I, I think that's what we I try to focus on yeah like we, we when ali was trying to catch up on this reading he was like don't give me stuff that's too long obviously because you know it's hard to dive into like something like null saga when you want to you know review something for a small segment of a podcast so we, we were like you know check out all these titles and if you'll notice all these titles that we mentioned on the on this episode are very short they're all either five issue miniseries or or ongoings that have only had five issues so nightwing has only had five issues and the rest are all five issue miniseries for i know firepower is at 15 but we it's only a quick re- catch up though it's a lot yeah. of action and stuff like that and there is dialogue but like you can most of these you can read through really quick and you're going to want to go back and reread them because they're so good yeah yeah and and then for the last thing that we're going to talk about today before we end is uh you know something big happened last week that we didn't have time to discuss on the reading black podcast episode because it happened right after obviously what, what are the odds but the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer dropped, and my God, the reception was huge. There was a lot of hype behind it. There Can't were, control the hype. It, yeah. It's the most there anticipated was, trailer I can remember since, like, Avengers. Even. I, yeah, I mean, I mean you see the Avengers. It's the most watched YouTube video in, like, a, for, in a day or something. It, it broke the records. And the crazy thing is that the, you guys heard about what happened with, like, the, the, the scandals before that, right? With, like, the trailer leaking online. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and there's been yeah. so many fake ones, too. Yeah, so what did what did you guys think about the trailer? Are you excited, disappointed? What what are everyone's general thoughts? Ellie, you um, wanna go? I'm I'm super excited. You know, I'm I'm a big Spider-Man fan. I actually right after the trailer, um, 
I've watched all the same Raimi movies. I'm currently on the Gar- Garfield movies, and then we're going to go back to the Tom Holland movies, but that's, I digress. Um, I'm excited. I usually try to keep my expectations controlled because I don't want to be disappointed. Yeah. But the fact there, there's so many things happening. I really hope it all goes well. I hope we see uh, the older Spider-Man, even if it's a little cameo here and there. Toby, baby. They yeah. have to be there. <laughs> like literally, like if they don't, they should have squashed those rumors. Like there's, we're going to see Andrew and Toby. Like there's no question in my mind. There's even more rumors now that um, Charlie Cox's uh, Daredevil is going to yep. be in there just as a lawyer, but still, you know, make him canon in the MCU. That'd be great. But just that moment where you see Doc Ock coming on the bridge, hello, Peter. I, I couldn't contain myself at that point. The bomb, pumpkin bomb. Yeah, the pumpkin bomb with the with the worm, the full laugh in the background. The thing is, like, that's so evil. They're, like, there's more, like, mind, you know, you know the, messing the with your is, mind. It could be like, Hobgoblin, right? Because they've teased, it could be. like, it could have you seen, I mean, Ned Leeds is in here. I'm, he's not. Have you, have you seen the ad where he's wearing the, the like, Halloween, uh, like, the goblin helmet that's orange? Like, Ooh, it, Ned it, Leeds? It, the, yeah, the, it's, like, the, the top part, the, the hood part. He's wearing the hood, and he looks like, it's, like, kind of like it's teasing, like, he might become Hobgoblin. It'll just so. be, like, the Defoe Madness, maybe. Like, the, it'll be like that. It'll be in his head, and it'll maybe it'll be his voice. We might see him for, like, a second. Who knows? But, yeah. I'm I'm excited to sell for this. Like I can't think like that. Toby's my Spider-Man. So like seeing him in a movie in modern day, like, and I'm worried. I I I have to hope that they do him justice. I think they will. But like to see that, you know, I think this movie will make a billion. Like if there was no COVID, it would easily make a billion dollars. Easy. So I I don't know exactly. And it's you know. basically a Sinister Six movie too, right? We saw uh, we know Electra's going back. We saw a little bit of Sandman in there too, like a they little have bit of sandstorms. Yeah. Scorpion's been teased, so not for this movie, but like I know he was in the post credit scene. Uh, Michael Mondo is a really awesome actor. He's in Better Call Saul, so like I think he would kill yeah. it. I think the post credit scene that I want to see the most is like if, if people are warping over from universes, just like have Rhino and just like from the uh, ASM two, like at the end, just to tease it, something like all amped up and like the portal closes right before you can get in or something like <laughs> That'd that. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, get Paul yeah. Giamatti. No, <laughs> I, like I don't even have a horse in the Spider Man race because I like all of them, so. Like I I I I know like some people don't like Garfield or whatever. I like them all. I enjoyed them all. I I was like obviously I really like Toby. I have a special place in my heart because that's the Spider-Man I grew up uh, watching. But uh, I'm excited to see them all if they're all in it. Like that would be super awesome. I know some people are like trying to super analyze like the entire trailer, saying like oh in this scene like where he says hello Peter, it's actually like it's actually yeah, you know Toby, Toby but like deep faked. You know, yeah, Tom Holland's yeah. face is yeah. deep faked on yeah, so like, the window yeah. the car window woman be like actually that's actually like screen screened over or whatever like the cgi <laughs> yeah. over it someone else in the car there will be that and we get jk simmons is going to be in this as as you know jk simmons as j jonah jameson is like the best comic casting of all time definitely I mean, right yeah yeah it, no, it's, it's definitely definitely we got omni man in this universe now yeah 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 <laughs> i'm excited for this like yeah. uh, i mean it's it's gonna be awesome it, it's you, it you can't see in the trailer there's like a moment where he likes his suits like all black like i don't know yeah. did you notice that i've, I've seen yeah. leaks i know what i know there's like a lot of weird moments in the trailer like there's other moments where like people are like if you really pause it slowly here and i, I have like i've seen it it looks like the lizard or the venom yep. is chasing him and stuff so there's like there's so many like hidden easter eggs and stuff in this trailer and that's fantastic it's interesting to see from the comic book side how the comic book uh you know because we're all collectors as well how the secondary market has reacted to the hype of the trailer it's interesting to see issues like 
Uh, one more day or one moment in time it's yeah it's one more day or one more time like those both those storylines their issues are all heating up you got like friendly neighborhood spider-man issues heating up those like the last issue 24 something you got Mm -hmm. amazing spider-man 544 to like 546 heating up or something like that so our 545 heating up you got those two issues you know those georgevic variants with mephisto and peter on them those are hot now so it's interesting people think that you might get some relation to that. I know a lot of people have been saying that Doctor Strange might be uh, Mephisto. I mean, Mephisto. Mephisto's been like speculated <laughs> about for years in the Marvel yeah. Universe now. Yeah. So it's become a meme, honestly. Yeah, like, it, it is. is. A meme. It really That's is. why I don't even say it. I don't yeah. even bring it up. But I mean, it is likely. But I'm not even gonna. I like how uh, Wong is just like peace, and I was like, all right, I gotta go be in Shang Chi. I'm not in here for this, so like, don't fuck up the sanctum for the fifth time. So yeah, no, I, I'm excited. I love Doctor Strange. I think that. Uh, Doctor Strange is like the best like supporting character in these movies like a lot of people don't like his first uh, the first movie and like I'm not gonna be like a huge defender of that I enjoy it but Doctor Strange is such a good uh, I I like it I enjoy it but a lot of people are like oh it's just another Marvel movie but I I dig it and I think that he's such a good uh, you know secondary character in these movies for like advice he's a great mentor for Peter with Tony being gone it's it's just always good to see him yeah, I think Doctor Strange in general is like underrated. Like I, honestly, like reading his issues, some of my favorite personal like issues as a collector, the Strange Tales issues, which uh, you know they're all about Doctor Strange for a while. Uh, start you know starting the in the mid hundreds and in, in the early mid hundreds, like hundred twenties, hundred eighteens, hundred fifteen, like that. I think because he his first appearance is like hundred ten or something like that. So or hundred eight, I can't remember. Sorry, but point is. The Strange Tales issues are amazing. You got, you know, so many different artists, iconic artists like Ditko. You got Steranko doing artwork on those Strange Tales issues. So I've always been a fan of Strange to, uh, Doctor Strange, and I agree. I, I hope they give him more of like a solo spotlight in the movies because he very much does have his own role within the Marvel Universe. I mean, Sorcerer Supreme is a pretty big role. And then it's interesting to see... Like, I think one of the things we talked about before is it's weird to see there's a Death of Doctor Strange Marvel event happening mm. in a month where Doctor Strange supposedly dies and then, like, a Spider-Man movie coming out soon where Doctor Strange is, like, a very prominent character. That's like, an interesting choice for sure. And I like how Strange is here with all the Spider-Men and then he's going to be – he's going in the hands of Raimi for Multiverse of Badness. So there's, like, that kind of connected oh, yeah. tissue, too. Yeah. So, like, I'm, that's my most anticipated. I mean, I, I mean, if we're bringing back Toby, that kind of trumps the Doctor Strange movie. But, like, Multiverse of Madness, oh, my God, who I think no, is – I'm honestly movie. more excited for Multiverse of Madness, personally. I, I Like I said, I'm a big, they, big Doctor Strange fan. There's so. rumors yeah. uh, there's going to be a Fox X-Men in that in that one, too. I'm yeah, guessing it's it's, uh, it's it's Professor X, but that's just – I think it'll be Magneto because it's Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Yeah, man, Nina's a good one too. Man, I don't know. They get fast vendor. Uh, that, like, oh, uh, yes, that'd be, please. That'd be amazing. I don't know. I just want oh, Deadpool to be like, exciting. what age are you supposed to be right now? That's what there's, I'm there, there's so much going on with Marvel right now. Right? It's exciting. Like, it's an exciting like, time for you. Got, I, I haven't even seen the what ifs. I've only seen the first episode, which I didn't love. I, I thought it was okay. It was enjoyable. It wasn't amazing or anything, but it, I'd recommend it. And I'm looking forward to the other ones, which I heard were a lot better. And yeah, There's uh, a Doctor Strange one that just came out yeah. too. Yeah, and uh, man, like, there's just so much Marvel content now. We're enjoying it. We got Hawkeye coming soon. I know we got Miss Marvel coming soon. Uh, uh, We got um, Moon Knight coming soon, which we're waiting for that trailer, too. I feel like that trailer is going to make everybody go crazy. Like, it's crazy to see 
how much popularity has surged from uh, Moon Knight, just with like the fact that Moon, like Oscar Isaac is going to be cat, yes, you know, Moon yes. Knight and like all that. Like the Moon Knight comic book has been selling super well. Granted, it's really well written. Jed McKay has been doing, you know, our, our, it, yeah. Our, yeah, Jed McKay has been doing a fantastic job, and we love Jed here. We, oh. you know, see him a lot. He just signed some issues at Strange yeah. the other day. <laughs> He's just like they were just saying, like they got some signed issues. Yeah, so. Yeah, we're big fans, and uh, yeah, you like the run. I know you've been telling me you've been really enjoying. I've been really enjoying it. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, dude, checked it out. No sweat. I mean, there is sweat in the a certain part of the second issue, but yeah, yeah. That, it's it's really interesting. Also, before uh, we finish off, I do want to say uh, I read Darkwing, and I really really enjoyed uh, what Kyle Higgins is doing with uh, with. Oh, you Darkwing. mean? Uh... Uh, Dark Hawk. Dark Hawk. Dark Hawk. God damn it. <laughs> so yeah, Dark Hawk. Obviously, I you know was reading comics in the '90s. I was uh you know, but uh, you know whatever, as young as hell. But uh, I really dig it, and it's really cool to see uh, MS implemented into the superhero story. And I, uh, I love Dark Hawk. I love I love Dark Hawk in general. Like I've I've read a lot of Dark Hawk. I was disappointed to see that they weren't gonna go with the classic Dark Hawk in uh, in this. They'll run. bring him in somehow though. They are. Yeah, time. but it, he said they said he's dead. So. Anyways, know. we'll see. We'll see. Right? You never know with Higgins. And but no one thing, really gone. one thing I'm excited for is that in Dark Hawk number two and in number three, and it's teased because it's a miniseries. They said that, uh, or it's teased that Miles is going to be joining the run. So we're going to have Miles in an issue or two. And I, you know, I love Miles. So that's awesome. Yeah, there's just a lot from Marvel right now to uh, look forward to. The Spider-Man No Way Home. Obviously, we could talk about that for days, but we didn't. You know, we were on a time limit here. We didn't want to go on too long. But uh, yeah. For those of you who are interested in uh, the Radiant Black podcast, please, you know, you could be a part of it. Or if you want to ask any questions or anything, you could email us at uh, radiantblackpodcast at gmail.com. Join and the Discord. I'll tweet out a new link uh, after we post this as well because they only last seven days. But, yeah, the Discord is where it's at to talk about this stuff with a bunch of, like, hardcore Radiant Black fans as well. Yeah, and we'll be posting our next episode. Will be we're not sure if there'll be a Radiant roster three before issue seven or not. There might be because issue seven, for those of you who don't know, has been delayed to uh, the twenty second. Yeah, so we, that's gonna be a you know a bit until we get the next issue of Radiant Black. But of course, we're all looking forward to it. And uh, for those of you who are collectors, uh, if we're not talking exclusives, Radiant Black number eight is the first cover appearance of Glitch Guys. So. You know, order accordingly. I know the final order cutoff was rec- was recent, so recently, so you know that that might be a big deal. But uh, yeah, glitch guy, awesome stuff. There's 125 by Tyler Kirkham, amazing cover. I know I'm gonna be trying to get my hands on that. But uh, beyond that, anyone, anything else anyone want to say? Uh, no, thanks for joining us, guys. And uh, definitely, uh, if any of these comics, if you uh, took a recommendation to read it, uh, give us a tweet or you know message us and let us know because it's always nice to hear from people that. Uh, you know, are getting some joy out of reading these uh, awesome comics that are that are out and thriving. Yeah, yeah. don't forget to Thanks follow for us, me, guys. Check this, out uh, the giveaway. Pleasure. Yeah, again. anytime. Oh, yeah, of course. Hopefully, we'll have more of Riley in the future, and maybe he'll talk a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're gonna go see Shang Chi. So, see you all later. Thank you, everyone. Stay radiant.